0: Bienvenidos al octavo episodio del Hot Esquina Podcast. Yo soy Enrique. John is not with me again today. So I have my brother from another mother, Alex, coming back. Um, Hoy día vamos a hablar de el último serie que tuvieron los Yankees con los Blue Jays. Um, We're also going to give you a preview of the upcoming weekend series versus the Orioles. And discuss a couple other things that that caught our eye, and we'll be back.
1: It is high. It is far. It is gone.
0: and we're back so before we get started let me welcome back my brother from another mother me fellow Cubano, alex to the show alex welcome back man
1: buenos dias como estas
0: bien hacer es bien que tal contigo
1: tranquilo tranquilo
0: so let's let's get right into it um for those of you that don't know or maybe didn't get to watch the entire series, the Yankees lost 3-0 to on Monday. They could not solve Alec Manoa, who tossed six shutout one-hit innings or Jordan Romano in the ninth. and Tyone went five innings, gave up the two-run home run to George Springer, and the Jays never looked back. Uh, They won 4-0 Tuesday. Fellow Guano, Nestor Cortez, and the Yanks' bullpen stopped the bleeding as the Yankees had lost two straight prior to this game. Aaron Hicks finally got going and homered uh, to make it 2-0, and the Yanks took advantage of a throwing error on a pickoff and a sack fly to make it 4-0. But the real story on Tuesday was the pitching. Chapman got the save. They lost 6-4 to four Wednesday. This was none other than the Vlad Guerrero Jr. game as he dominated, homering three times. Two off our ace, Garrett Cole. We're going to get into that a little later. Um, uh, Garrett went 5.2 innings, gave up three earned runs, all to Guerrero. The Yanks did fight back and tied the game at three in the fifth on the backs of Rizzo, Judge, and LeMayhu. But then the Yanks, but then the Jays, sorry, retook the lead in the seventh and got the W. Then on Thursday, yesterday, the Yanks won playing small ball. How about that? In the words of John Sterling, right? <laughs> and they got huge contributions from the bottom of the order. Both IKF and Jose Trevino did their thing. Um, IKF went three for three, including a push bunt. Who would have ever thought you'd see the Yankees using a push bunt for a hit, huh? This this was Bizarro World yesterday. Um, He scored two runs. Trevino went two for three with two RBIs and also had a stolen base. Again, Bizarro World, the Yankees stealing bases. Who would have ever thought? Severino was also on his game going five shutout innings, striking out six, including striking out Guerrero three times. Guerrero himself went 0 for 4 with 4Ks, got the golden sombrero, and Aroldis Chapman walked the bases in the ninth. But Michael King, thank goodness, was the king of the hill and came in and cleaned up the mess, and the Yankees got the win. So, Alex, what did you think of uh, our series versus the Blue Jays? Any thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I'm kind of going back to what we discussed on the on episode six, that it's going to be for me a two horse race in the in the AL East, and this was a. It goes to show how you know when you when you have the first series of the year in New York and you split, that's that's exactly how it's going to be all year, so. Obviously, the first game we have to have, we have to be encouraged by the way that Tyone pitched. Super encouraged, yeah. One mistake to Springer, and that was that was the whole game. Yeah. You know, give credit to to Alec Manoa for doing his thing. He shut he shut the Yankees lineup down. But uh, but they didn't. No, but but ultimately, we have to just appreciate what the the job that Tayon did, and the, yeah, the offense just didn't come through in in, in the first game. And Ay, man, they no back. Uh,
0: se, se piensa que es un guapo, ¿no? He tried to he tried to get up on uh, Severino's face yesterday, bro. people se hey. piensa que él es un, tiene un
1: guapo, tiene chispa, tiene, <laughs> tiene Ah,
0: chiquita. bro, tweet eso.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, para acá. Pa acá. Yeah.
1: Uh San Pedro de Macorís right there. Cannot you can't you can't mess, you can't mess with the, the Dominicans too much, man. They got <laughs> you got that fire. And honestly, yeah, and then and then you had you had to win the second game of the series. If you lost the first one, you had to win the second one. They did that. Uh nasty Nestor did his thing, four and four and a third, and the bullpen has just kept doing what it what it, kept doing what it does. That bullpen is right now, right, you know, right now there's 20, you know, 28, 28 man roster for the first month. Obviously, they're going to feel that after, after, after May 1st. They, you know, that's going to go back down to 26. But right now, we're taking full advantage of all those arms. And all those arms right now are just quality, quality arms. Uh, so, you have your, you know, you, they came back, bounced back four-zip. You know, they did, they did enough to, to get that second game. I mean, the Guerrero game in game three, it's the best hit, that's the best hitter in our division. Let's not, not even kid ourselves. He's a complete, complete hitter. Better than Judge? Oh, come on man <laughs> my opinion we're talking about opinions here baby we're just talking about opinions right now that to me is the most complete dynamic bat in that line in, in that division right now that that kid can ask for 40 million dollars a year right now go for it because that, that that kid that kid's impressive man and, and not to mention the bloodline this is so, so you know that, that does count for something obviously in this game so that, he's, a, he's a he's a dynamo man he's a dynamo he's a dynamo bat and he did his thing that day. And to be honest with you, the that that home run that he hit off Cole, the second one, the second one, look at that, look the at one, that replay. Over you're and
0: talking over about again. the one where he got jammed in and still knocked it out the park,
1: right? Well, that he one? got the bar- he got the barrel to the ball on a ball inside off the plate at 90, I think it was 98 miles an hour. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's
1: that's, that's other otherworldly type of talent. You cannot teach that stuff. That is just something that's in him. So that's why I think he's just a dynamo back. I think he's the best. I personally, I just feel he's the best bat in that division. And you know, last year, if it wasn't for Otani, he would have been the MVP. So that's just that's just that he came in second for a reason. I mean, no, Otani was unanimous. Sorry, but still, he had the most second place votes. So he would have been the MVP if not for Otani. So you know, you just gotta you gotta just have to like you know like like Garakle did multiple times in that game. You just gotta tip your hat to him. He beat he beat him multiple times, multiple times. And even the double he hit that was the screaming line drive to right field, it was a ball off the plate. Got the barrel to the ball. You know, guy's talented, right? And, you, and sometimes one player, one talented player can just do that to you. But then what happened the next day? Three strikeouts, you know? Four strikeouts. Sorry, my bad. So four strikeouts. Uh, Severino got to him. And Seve, and Seve was the Seve of old. He brought – he obviously not efficient – Eighty three, you know, eighty three pitches in five innings, so it's not efficiency. Never really been a thing either. But the fastball was there; it was moving. the the slide The slider, the slider was the slider was going was going down in the zone. He kept the ball down, and obviously, you saw the results.
0: Let me ask Thankfully. you regarding. Uh, yes. Let me ask you. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, yeah. Regarding Guerrero going zero for four and getting the golden sombrero the night after yeah. going, you know, off and and. Right. You know, basically setting the baseball world ablaze. Sure. Um, You're saying that you think he's the best hitter in our division. So, you know, the, hands down. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, I, I, like I, you said, I, that's I, your take. That's your opinion. I, you know, maybe it's the Yankee bias in me. I think sure. it's judge. But let me ask you, do you think, you know, given your take that he's the best hitter in the division, Do you think he might have some consistency issues where, you know, he goes off Wednesday night and then gets the golden sombrero Thursday night, you know, and then, like, if you look at what he did Monday and Tuesday, he didn't have, you know, good games Monday and Tuesday either. He just had that one good game on Wednesday. Could he have consistency issues or – could it just be the ups and downs of the season, or
1: yeah, like what? What do you think about that? No man, it was, I mean it was, it was a great game followed by a bad game. Uh, from yeah, you know, the, the the highest of highs and the lowest of lows with four, going four for four, and then with four strikeouts the next day. But you can't, you you cannot deny what that man did last year. Last year, we're talking about a three eleven average, forty eight jacks, hundred eleven RBIs, and led the league in runs scored with hundred and twenty three. The guy is an animal. So, and he's, and he, and right now, he, right now he's only 23 years old. He had that, that season last year at 22. People forgot about that. He was the number one prospect in the game at one point, because obviously the explosion of all these other young players. So last year he came in with a chip on his shoulder. He proved a lot of people wrong. You know, lost a little bit of weight and all that. And he looks, he looks the same this year, man. He looks, he looks exactly, he's a problem. He's a huge problem in that league. And the fact that the Yankees were able to bounce back after getting beat just by him on Wednesday to go on Thursday and shut him down the way that they did. Because 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 logic would tell you that they were not going to give him any pitches to hit the following day because obviously he just dominated you. But they went after him. And that showed me a lot of a lot of what Severino is. Because easily you could have shot away from him. You could have, you could have just said, he's not gonna beat us. You could have said that the, you know before the game, and they decided not to go that route. They went after him. And honestly, it was it was the right way to go because Severino struck him out multiple times, and then Clay Holmes absolutely embarrassed him the the, oh, the, yeah. the time that he yeah, three pitches gone. So that's that that I think that that goes that that get, that shows me a little bit of an edge to a team that's always been famous for not having enough of an edge with the Yankees. That that's the, that for me, that showed me something. And well, I, think, I, I think yesterday's.
0: go ahead, go ahead.
1: And I think on yesterday's game, the way, even the way it played out toward the end, we saw what happened to Chapman in, in that inning, in that last inning. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that, that went around Twitter last night, a lot last year. Yankees lose that game. Oh yeah, Oh yeah. Yankees lose that game last year. So 16 pitches in. Chapman didn't get an out. Okay. He had, he had more. He had, he probably had more to give, sure, or maybe a couple more pitches. Definitely he had, he had more to give, but Boone didn't allow it to snowball into something else. He brought in Mike King, and Mike King just did a Houdini. He didn't, didn't even go
0: He didn't have it last night. Uh, yeah. But, but, reason... in,
1: but most of the time they leave him in, you know, last year no, they I leave know. him in.
0: Yeah. Last year no, they leave yeah.
1: him in. Yeah, last year I, Boone would have made the wrong decision for
0: sure. Yeah, I I only I'm not discounting going back to your Guerrero take. I'm not discounting what he did last year. I'm just saying as far as this season and this particular series in in a capsule. You know what I'm saying? Like, right? He went 0 for 4 Monday, went 0 for 4 Tuesday, had the big game Wednesday, and then got the Golden Sabero with four strikeouts last night. Right. That's if you, if you do your math, that's, that's what. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that is, do, 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 that is four for twelve, or four for sixteen because it's four it's four for 14. sixteen. It's four for sixteen. That's not a very good, you know, performance. Still two fifty.
1: That's still, still two. That's, yeah. that's still hitting. Yeah. That's, that's that's still two fifty. You're right. At still two fifty, and even after the even after the week that he had, even after the series, sorry, uh, he's hitting three thirty three. Even after the series, so again, it was just you know, it, 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 it a lot of credit to the Yankee pitching, except for except for for Cole, obviously Cole gave it Cole gave it up. He he got, he Cole gave it up to, and again Cole gave it up to him. Nobody else to mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. and he just got the best of him, and that that just goes to show the best. The best pitcher in the division went up, my opinion, against the best hitter in the division, and the hitter won that yeah. game. That's it. That was, that's just basically what happened there, and it was, and again, that's the game within the game, and that's fun. Yeah. Did you so see the uh,
0: the Jeff Passan tweet afterwards? That that junk got everybody on
1: Yankees Twitter pissed. <laughs> hey, but you know what? The Jeff Passan tweet <clears throat> on on Wednesday had to have been followed up. By another tweet on Thursday that say the same thing about Sevi
0: because yeah, Sevi did
1: to, to yeah. Jeff's
0: credit. He he yeah. owned up and then set up yeah. put out a similar tweet that's, on Thursday. So that's exactly I, I what that promise.
1: was. That's exactly what that was. Sevi just Sevi decided that he was not gonna shy away from him. Hey, um, you know, even though Cole's the number one on this team, I used to be the number one, I could still probably be a one B to Cole one A. And I'm gonna show you what you know what what I can do, and he did he did the damn thing he yes, did it. he did,
0: yes, he did man, so uh so speaking of uh Cole, the last time we spoke, um I believe it was last Friday, if I'm not mistaken, um we talked about Cole and him needing to have a good year and you know basically come in and prove the haters wrong prove that you know the spider tag thing is not an issue and we also talked about the only thing that plagued them last year was the home run ball and that's what basically cost them a lot of starts last year including the wild card game against Boston lo and behold one week later you and me are here talking Alex and History repeated itself. Garrett Cole got rocked. Garrett Cole got rocked both by Boston via the home run ball last Friday and then now against Guerrero on Wednesday where Guerrero hit two home runs off him. What's the deal with Garrett and the home run ball, bro? Does he just give hitters like he just put the ball in a zone where if hitters catch up to it it's going a country mile like it seems to be his Achilles heel kind of similar to like what we endured with uh, with um, Masahiro Tanaka when he was here if you remember that when he was on and he kept the ball low he was difficult to hit but the home run ball also plagued him too where Usually if hitters would hit one off them, it'd go for a home run. And you would hope a lot of times with Massa that it would be a solo home run and not a home run with bases, you know, with runners on base. The same thing seems to be happening with Cole in the home run ball. Any thoughts?
1: Yeah. Uh so in so he's given up three home runs in the two starts mm-hmm. so far. Um, the first one to Devers. Okay. So the Devers home run. That was a high fastball, high and outside. And Devers caught up to it. It was high and outside. Devers caught up to it. Props to the hitter. Devers is a monster. Probably the best third baseman in our, obviously, the best third baseman in, in, in our, in our, in our, probably in the entire American League as far as, as far as hitting goes. He gave it up. Okay. But it was a high outside fastball that he just wrapped and he, he hit, he hit it deep. The one to the the first one to Guerrero was a deep fly ball to center field, and, and initially it was even a controversial home run, even though obviously upon replay it's not controversial at all. It was gone, but but ultimately it, it was it was a you yeah, know a long fly ball on the fastball. Same thing with the sec with the second home run with with the two run shot from Guerrero. Same thing, fastball inside, kind of reminded me of the of the home run that Yuli Gurriel hit a, a, off of Chad Green in the playoffs. Uh, a couple of years ago, that was a running inside fastball, and y- talented hitters can barrel up that ball. Again, we're talking about talented hitters can barrel up that ball. Not anybody can barrel up that ball. You get, you get, you get that ball to somebody, another right-handed hitter. That's a jam shot. That's a broken bat to most, to most, to most, pe- to most human beings. Mm-hmm. But those monsters, those guys that can actually pull their hands in, keep a keep a level a, a level plane on the bat and get and get the barrels of the ball can do some damage so you've given up three home runs but you haven't given up three home runs to the number nine hitter or the number eight hitter you're talking about rafael devers and Vladdy guerrero jr these are not scrubs so the he's handled the rest of these lineups he's kept well not to mention he's kept us in each game and honestly in the beginning of the season in the beginning of the season when your pitch count is limited with the limited spring training that 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 these players got that's honestly the most you can ask for right now. Again, outside of other players, I know other players, have other pitchers have had great performances, gone seven innings. You know, of course, props to those guys. But he's kept us in – we haven't been blown out in any game yet at all. Yeah. So they've kept us in the game. Right now the Yankee problems are a little bit – it's obviously – it's not pitching. Right now they have the second-best ERA in the American League right now. It ain't the pitching. Oh, <laughs> it's not the pitching. Uh, that's the issue right now, but the thing is, but ultimately we're four and three. After Boston, after Toronto, four and three, I'll take it. After those two teams, I'll take it. Because guess what? Who's coming now? What we talked about on Friday, the Orioles. You need to you need to take care of business. You need to sweep that
0: series, not for yes, nothing. You do. Uh, and and uh, that's actually a perfect segue because that's that's what I wanted to get into next. But before we do, man. Um, I mean, my take, and I I agree with you, is he hasn't pitched bad, Garrett Cole. Like, for what it's worth, if you look, like David Cohn says, if you look under the hood and, you know, you use the eye test and you see what the guy has done, his stuff is good. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: His location is good he's overpowering most batters that he's facing like he he looks like the Garrett Cole of old in the two starts that I've seen so far yeah it's just those three pitches that were hit for home runs you know and if you notice like like you yourself said if you notice apart from those three home runs nobody was able to do anything else off them nobody else was able to you know, generate consistent pressure on him. You know, you don't see a s- situations where he has, you know, bases loaded on him or two men on or you know he looks like he's in trouble or he's, you know, laboring out there like the term goes. Like you don't see that from Garrett Cole. Like most of the time, he looks locked in and he looks like he's in control. It's just those three mistake pitches and you can make an argument that the one to Guerrero was not a mistake pitch because like you said, and I agree with you, most, most hitters would, you know, break their bat hitting that and more than likely it would be an out or, or a foul ball somewhere. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you got to tip your cap to Guerrero on that one Homer that shouldn't have been a Homer, but it was because he's that good. And to be honest with you, man, I mean, I'd like your thoughts on this too before we move to the Baltimore series, but I like what I've seen from, from Cole so far, and I, I don't feel the need to have any cause for concern with Garrett Cole uh, in 2022 so far. What do you think?
1: I mean, if, if, if we're going to pay attention to the, uh, <laughs> to the overreactions on Twitter, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. These are overreactions. I mean, he's giving you the first game. He gave you four innings and he, like, yeah, he labored through that first inning, but he gave you four innings. And by the end of the game, you won, okay. <laughs> you, you won yeah, walk out, walk off from Donaldson, but you won. So, you know, and then this, the, the game that, that the game on, on Wednesday, you were in the game, you got to tie the game. He kept you in it. So there's no, there's no there. There is zero cost for concern. The, yesterday there was a point that you knew the you knew he had to get through the fifth and that was gonna be his last inning. You knew that. So at that at that point you knew he had to, uh, like Paul O'Neill said he had to, he, he was gonna empty the tank in that inning. And lo and behold, what do you see? Ninety nine on the black in that inning a couple uh, multiple times. Guys, the guy's a horse, man. Guy's a horse. He is our horse, and I, and and with him, we're gonna we're gonna get pretty. He's gonna keep for right now. It, it seems like he's he's healthy, and he's gonna keep us in every game that he pitches.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree, man. So, so now I think I think we're in good shape, four and three uh, to start the year uh, against two divisional opponents that you, you know, would. L- Logic would tell you those two will be there at the end fighting for the division with you. So you go four and three against those two opponents. You, you gotta feel good about yourself uh, if you're the Yankees and if you're a Yankee fan. So I'm happy with the outcome. I would have liked, you know, obviously to win the series against uh, Toronto as well and be able to say that we won the Boston series and the Toronto series but you know what I'll happily take a split because you know I mean if you listen to if you listen to Monday's podcast uh when I had Julian Guillarte on we both agreed that worst case scenario you needed to come away with a split from from the Toronto series we looked at each pitching matchup and you know frankly we thought that the Garrett Cole one was a guaranteed win, and that you would win with Nasty Nester, and that the other two were gonna be the question marks, that the one with uh Tayon was gonna be a question mark, and the Severino one we thought was a question mark, and lo and behold, you know, we still got the split. Severi looked like the Sevy of old and I like what I see, man. I I, I like what I see from this pitching staff. Um, With Baltimore, like we said earlier, I know it's, it's a road series. I know we're playing in Camden Yards. I don't know if they call it Camden Yards anymore, if they call it another park now, but um, regardless, uh, like Michael Kay and like a lot of uh, people in the Yankee Twitter uh and, and the Yankee universe like this call it it's it's Yankee Stadium South, you know, like everybody calls it, right? That's I feel I feel like that's what everybody calls it. You know you're gonna have a bunch of Yankee fans in there, you know it's gonna feel like a home atmosphere, and you're playing an inferior Orioles team who right now is one and five. You got to.
1: Got to sweep that series. Yeah, um, and the reality is, look at the look at the pitching matchups coming up in that series, and I think that kind of tells you everything that you need to know. Um, obviously, Monty's pitching tonight, and against Jordan Lyles. And Jordan Lyles, you know, obviously he's a major league pitcher, but 0 and 1 with a 9.8 ERA. so that means he gave up at least what three runs in three innings last time. So That's something that you need to handle. There's nothing special about his stuff. It's serviceable, but your lineup should handle that. Uh, Tomorrow, you got Tyone against a kid named, uh, I think, Tyler Wells. And Tyler Wells, we're talking about 0-1 with a 21.6 ERA. So he got blasted in in his only start. And I like my chances against any lefty against the Yankees. Because the Yankees are lefty mashers, and even though um, he, I don't think he's pitched this year, or actually he you know, he he pitched four shutout innings in his first start. But whoever Bruce Zimmerman is, and Bruce Zimmerman needs to get handled because the lefty hitter against the Yankees should always get should they should always be in that game because their lineup is just built to uh, to handle people like that. So you got Monty, you got Tyone, and you got and you got Nestor on Sunday. And that's to me is again it doesn't matter if it's it doesn't matter if it's what matters here it's the Orioles, it's Camden Yards. I don't care about their new left field wall. That's always been a house of horrors for them against the Yankees. And the Yankees should I'll be after they they should hit expect a big series from Judge, expect a big series from Stanton. They should be they should be mashing and and, and I'll, I'll I'll even throw a prediction. I I say Donaldson gets his first home run as a Yankee.
0: he should he He should should. uh this bruce uh zimmerman kid i i pulled up his stats he has 17 games he's four and four and five a 502 era and 75.1 innings pitch 67 strikeouts and a 1.46 whip so you you hear 5.2 era you think that's that's hitable like you should you should hit that guy you should get you know at least a few runs off on this guy um
1: i w- don't see any reason why you wouldn't well the 1.42 whip ge- gives you an idea that you're going to have traffic on the bases so that 1.46 1. sorry 1.46 whip that that's a runner and a half per inning
0: that's yep. that means
1: that there's going to be traffic on the bases with mm-hmm. this kid and and again, needs to take full advantage. And the reason that the Yankees are, even though they're four and three, the Yankees in that in that in that Toronto series were not very good with runners in scoring position. Again, and that was the same story as last year. And that needs to, you know, eventually that that's like I said, there's going to be a market correction for that because that's just going to happen. And speaking of market corrections, uh, let's talk about the. Uh, I want to talk about the unluckiest hitter in baseball right now. Your boy Joey Gallo.
0: Yes. Yes, the oh unluckiest player. El pobre, bro. Yeah. Really.
1: Hey, he, right now he is he's hitting the ball well. He's hitting the ball. Unfortunately, he's hitting it. He's hitting it in the air. He's hitting it at people, which is that's that that seems to be the story of his of his season so far. So yeah, the average doesn't impress you, but the exit velocity is there, and eventually, it's bound to it's it's bound to it's bound to land somewhere.
0: What did I tell you in? in our preview show that we did last Friday didn't I didn't I tell you that he's a victim of circumstances and he's a victim to the shift and sure. that he will improve once the shift gets removed next year porque oye what? it's 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 incredible you you still want him to do good this year but it's 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 incredible if there's any one hitter that is the poster boy of why the shift had to be removed from baseball its Joey Gallo. I mean, he literally has, you know, one stat that really jumped out at me, Alex, now that you bring this up, his barrel to ball ratio is 40%, bro. Mm-hmm. That's first place in Major League Baseball. You know, baseball logic tells you, bro, you put... You hit the ball with the fat part of the bat, with the barrel of the bat, and good things are supposed to happen. That's what you teach kids in Little League. So right. the fact that this guy is hitting it at a 40% clip, putting barrel to the ball at a 40% clip, and he still has a batting average that's under the Mendoza line, it, it, it's remarkable, bro. Like, I, I don't understand it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he gets he's, – he's, he's showing me that he is – he's definitely – obviously, he's showing everybody that, he, that he's definitely barreling up the ball. He's also showing that his that, – that he is getting uh, – you know, he, he is a lefty, so he should get handled more often than not by lefty pitchers, and that showed in this series as well when he – with the few times that he did go up against a lefty, he got handled. He got handled. He got handled pretty easily. He struck out a, a couple times. So, you know, that's not ultimately surprising. And again, he, he's already said that he's not going to, he's not a 300 hitter. That's not what he is. But the shifts are extreme. They are very extreme. And, you know, and the funny thing is, like, I, I think about, obviously, the extreme the, the extreme shifts is relatively a new thing in the last 10 years. Obviously, there's been shifts for, for decades in baseball. That's not even, I'm not even discounting any of that. But funny enough, like, you see. I go, you know I don't, don't want to bring back our history or just history of baseball in general. I remember, you know, I you re, you recall seeing that we had a very lefty dominant lineup during the dynasty, and you see obviously Tino and Paul O'Neill and obviously Posada and Bernie and all these all these lefty or switch hitters that we had, they did and they would hit, you know, they they would hit they would get base hits in the in the in, the, in that hole the first the between first and second base all the time. And that's what, that's why Tino in 97 hit over 270. That thing was the highest average he ever had, you know, and, and he, he obviously hit the, he had the the 40, 40 some odd home runs and whatnot. He he was the best first baseman in the league that year, but, but he he was getting a lot of base hits in that, in in that hole, that hole's not there anymore for anybody, for any lefty. It's just not. And I, you know, I still, I still think the shift is important because it gives you a little bit of freedom to, to, and obviously the pitcher has to pitch a hitter a certain way for you to be able to hit the ball into the teeth of the shift. Yeah. But, you know, I, I will, I, for, for baseball sake, if, if the game wants to be more appealing, if the game wants to create more stars, like I know they do, the shift needs to be altered drastically. I'm not saying you Absolutely. can't shift, it's not saying you can't shift people around, but if you want more action you and you want to create more stars, you need to you need to you need to change the, you need to change that up as much as you can, without being too you know without overextending because ultimately you're talking about affecting the way that a game is managed. But if you want to create more stars, if you want to create more action, and you want to be more appealing to the masses and and grow your game more, that needs to that needs to kind of go away because the shift r- retired Brian McCann. It retired him. They, he had to retire because of the shift. Because, you know, he all, all throughout his career in Atlanta, he was a, you know, 280-plus hitter because there was no shifts, not extreme shifts, at least. And yeah, all of a sudden, the shift came, and it destroyed his career.
0: No, and and listen, the shift has always been a part of baseball ever since me and you were kids, you know. I, I always say this. You, I, I remember playing even pickup games, like, back in the day, to say, to Iba para... Para cualquier parque en Jailia, and you would always see, you know, unos cuantos ahí jugando, and you you'd be like, Oh yeah, can I get in or whatever if they need an extra? And you would play, because that's just the culture down here in, in Miami. And and I I remember even in those pickup games, you would see a lefty come up and you you would hear people screaming, Oye, surdo, surdo, and you would and you would, you know, you would shift for the lefty. Now it's a thing where you get shifted whether you're lefty or righty and it's extreme where you have four outfielders and that is what baseball is trying to ban it's one thing when back in the day everybody would shift but you would still have you know your four infielders and you would just have like you know the third baseman covering short and you would have three infielders on on the on the left side or on the right side rather sorry but you would have your three outfielders out there and they would just shift a little bit to right field or right center now it's like bro it's it's ridiculous like now it's it's become so exaggerated and I feel like Joey's just a product of that where he's hitting the ball hard the stats don't lie to you he's first base and exit Velocity. I mean, yeah, yeah. First place in exit velocity, first place in barrel to ball, uh ball to barrel the bat ratio. I, I think I said that right. And um, and he's still not getting on base at the clip you would think he'd be getting on. I think the other stat I saw last night when when they were talking about this on yes was um I think it was on yes where I saw this right. Like, didn't they talk about this during the game last night, uh, Alex? Well,
1: as far as far as the 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 Gallo stats go, yeah, 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 it did, yeah. I think it did that's where it.
0: they were talking about it, right? Yeah. So I think one of the stats I saw also was that if you take in the exit velocity, the ball to barrel of the bat ratio. You know, all that stuff, his expected, fijate esto, his expected mm-hmm. batting average is like 300 something. Right. He's not even close to that. Oh, he's 188. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, like yeah. that's my point. Like, how in the world do stats tell you that based on how hard and how good you're hitting the ball? you should be a 300 plus hitter and in reality you're 188 that's the shift yeah. bro I blame it on the shift
1: yeah I mean but there uh, but like I told you before there will be just because the, the laws of baseball there's going to be a market correction you you have to expect the explosion to ha- the hot streak to happen soon there has to be a hot streak because uh, it says it's just the, the law of the game the hot streak has to come soon and hopefully Jordan Lyle tonight provides the, the start of that hot streak. Cause I, you make one mistake against Joey Gallo right now at how pissed off that man is that he, he's just, he, he's just going to have an angry game very, very soon.
0: I wouldn't doubt it, man. I wouldn't doubt yeah. it. Uh, I would expect it actually, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and you know what? I would love to see it happen against the Orioles because you know, no matter what sport you play in, usually when you're in a slump, you play against a team like this and they're referred to as a slump buster, right? Like that's the old sports adage. You're playing like crap. You you, The best remedy is to play against a really inferior team and they're your slump buster. Maybe the Orioles can be Joey Gallo's slump buster. You know what I'm saying? He's got to get it going. Um... I'm happy that IKF finally got it going. I, I I don't know if you want to touch on him for a little bit, but it it was so good to see him go three for three last night. Um, I believe he said after the game that he had been, you know, pressuring himself and and you know he had been tense the first six games. Um, yeah. You know, the pressure of of playing the position that his hero played, you know, at Yankee Stadium of all places, you know, it, it got to him and he was putting more pressure on himself than he needed to and was kind of playing a little timid up there. Like he was afraid to be himself, was afraid to be aggressive. And lo and behold, look what happened when he finally decided to loosen up. He was the IKF that made an all-star team last year. At least, you know, he showed flashes of it. I don't want to get too too overhyped over one game, but he showed you flashes last night of what the Yankees saw in him when they made that trade.
1: Yeah, uh, you, you can tell that he was pressing. You can tell he had jitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell his his glove was a little stiff. Uh, you, you know, it is pro- it's probably the perfect time for him to, for them to hit the road uh because he you know he he's, he's you know he had that great game yesterday went three for three had that push bunt uh you know so it's probably the perfect time to go ahead and leave on a high note uh go ahead and keep and keep 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 doing your thing against the against the Orioles and even and against the Tigers against the against Cleveland you know the next couple of series and you know just get out get out of Yankee Stadium for for, for a couple of days like like they're doing and I think he's gonna be fine, man. Because right, the, the the thing with him is that he's not a walk guy. He's a contact guy. You know, he's a gap guy. And you know, some of the home runs will come eventually. And people forget, you know, as much as we love Didi, Didi was Didi took it took Didi a while to to get going with uh, his first his first season with the Yankees. It took him a while. I think he started that season. I think I read a stat recently. He started five for thirty five that that first year. Um, obviously, replacing replacing Jean here, which is not obviously nothing nothing easy about that. And he uh, no, he was hearing it, and I'm sure IKF was had been hearing hearing it too. Uh, but you need to give you need to get over that. And he will, and he, and obviously he I think he is he, he got over it yesterday a bit. Get out of town for a while, keep doing your thing, bring that average up, and I think he's going to slot nicely in that eight or nine hole. And hopefully, he becomes an impact bat. Because again, he's he's a hitter. The kid's not the kid's not gonna not, not going to not gonna walk very much. But he look, that push button yesterday, like you said, yeah, I know. I, we were getting very excited over a push button, but I loved it because yeah. the infield was back. The only person who could field that ball was the pitcher. You get it past the pitcher, you got a base hit. Yeah, loved it. especially with his speed,
0: and we got excited about it, man. Because when the hell do you see the Yankees playing small ball? You know it's the main gripe we have as Yankee fans. They are home run happy. It's either Wait. home run or nothing, you know? Right. If if this is all they did and all they did was play small ball and they had no power, obviously we wouldn't have been as excited about what IKF did. But it's sure. like when you have the horses, the, the donkeys, like Luke Voigt called them, that you have in this lineup with... Stanton, with Judge, with Gallo, with Rizzo, when you have guys like that that can mash, the power is there. So why not add some contact and some speed? You know, why not have an overall balanced approach at the plate where you put pressure on the opposing team and you have the opposing team worry like whoa, hey, you know, let's let's not give them something good to hit, or you know, let's not, like you said, let's not put the infield completely back because maybe they might surprise us with a bunt. Maybe they might try to go for the for a steal or whatever, or or for a hit and run, you know, those type of things. Maybe they might try to move runners over. When you combine power. With fundamental baseball, bro, it's a beautiful thing. And that's what I love the most about last night, that you gave a different element to an opponent. Where now, the next time you play the the Blue Jays, they know to expect, obviously, Stanton, Judge, and all the guys I mentioned to go for the fences. But they're also going to be expecting the small ball from the bottom of the order or maybe even from a Lemayhu, you know or guys in the middle of the order that aren't known for their power so it's like you know by being unpredictable bro and that's how you're unpredictable right, so, by not being one well, dimensional even, it, ¿tú me
1: correct and even 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 on Wednesday night, uh, you know, in the down by two, uh, Rizzo at the plate, a home run doesn't do anything there. What did he do? Three one pitch. He tra- he bunted. Yeah, because there was I there was there was nobody it. on the left side. It was the ugliest bunt you'll ever freaking see. But it was but it was effective because you don't have to have a perfect bunt when you have no fielders on the left side. So just. Just throw it out there. And that's that was the correct play. We're talking about common sense plays. That's what that is. That's common sense. That is using your head. That's being in the game. Like my dad says, el juego." and how many times have we seen the Yankees just not be not do the correct situational play? That play was situational, it was correct. And you know, it, it, it I, I we wish it would have worked out, but that was the correct play. Because hitting a home run at that point does absolutely nothing. You're down by two. Yep. Get on base. And and when the Yankees were winning in 2017 and they had that great team, they always they, – they, they were a very – they were they, they preached next man up. They preached it. Yep. That's what this team needs to keep preaching because it, it, it sh- they, they are showing that they, that's what they want. They want to keep the next man up mentality. They want to keep that. and that, And honestly, that's what they need to keep doing. And that's how you're going to have people respond. And you know, and I'm looking even right now. What we're talking, I'm looking at tonight's lineup. And again, uh, it, it's it's again. Well, we, we, we let's segue into this, man, because I want to talk about the whole rotation of of positions. Because um, sometimes, it's, sometimes it sometimes it seems like a good idea, and sometimes it just doesn't. <laughs> yeah. It's just. Uh, it's just the, the right way to go about it. So, so yeah, that, I I guess uh, that'd be the that'd be what I would touch on right now. Go well, ahead. Yeah. Uh, so, so the more the more you see it, and the more you see it play out, like um, how about this? I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to use a little bit of common sense and then a little bit less common sense. So, common sense to me tells me that you need to manage as best you can. Stanton and Judge, because of the bodies that they have, these are two massive human beings that cannot realistically play every single day on the field, especially because we've seen the consequences to that. Even Stanton's first year, when Judge was hurt, he played a lot of he played a lot, played a lot. Of, I think he played over 140 games that season. But most of the, most of the time, he was playing hurt. He had a hammy issue. And then obviously he missed a whole bunch of time the following season. When he only when played like 11 or 12 games. Then you had the COVID season. And then, which he, which again, he was hurt most of the time. And had, last year, finally, he had a little bit more of a healthier season. And he, he responded at the plate. So I know those two guys you need to manage as best you can. And, you know, today, Judge is not in the lineup. So, you know, you have to do, you gotta do what you got to do to really keep those guys healthy. Because it's obviously, so it's a long season. But, my humble opinion there is not a day that goes by that i you cannot make sense to me that dj lemay who shouldn't be in this lineup every I agree. single day i agree I, I don't care who sits but dj needs to be in this lineup every single day because that guy is used to playing every single day it doesn't matter what position it is it does not affect him at the plate so the fact that he's been he's he's slotting into our fifth spot i love i still love him there he's, he's slotting into our fifth spot almost consistently every single game and there's just there not a game goes by that i can just you can just realistically tell me that he shouldn't be in this lineup i don't care playing what position today he's playing third you got donaldson at dh hitting third which is fine. Don, even donaldson donaldson is another person who i think is pressing even though he had that, that great big first game and I and I and I talked, he's making me look bad. I talked about last Friday that he's not a strikeout guy. He's been a strikeout guy this year so far. <laughs> yeah. He's striking out a lot. Yeah. He struck, out, he struck out three times yesterday. So, you know, it's he eventually he'll correct that as well. But I think it's the perfect time for him to get out of the get out of the stadium too. Go go correct yourself against the Orioles. You're hitting third today. Mm. And look, and I love and I love the fact that we just talked about Gallo and how he's barreling up the ball no results yet but guess what he's he's batting cleanup today that goes to show that the team is paying attention which is fantastic to me right he's hitting he's you hitting know the they ball.
0: do you know you know they're big Yeah, of course they do I'm not, no, no doubt about that all
1: that stuff so yeah.
0: you know they're if, we, if we
1: know ball. about it they definitely know oh, about yeah. It. So, oh yeah so 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 I'm, I'm glad they're not shying away from him and putting him you know because you know a lot of the times you want to put him lower in the lineup to take the pressure off f that He's, you know, he's, he's, he's hitting the ball well. It's just not landing. Leave him, leave him at the cleanup spot. Hicks looks like he has a little bit of life. I'm glad he's in the lineup today. And you got IKF at short. Obviously, the whole catcher situation, I guess, is going to figure itself out over time. Higgy hasn't hit. I would have liked to start Trevino today because of the good game he
0: had yesterday. Like, why Please. sit a guy after he had a good game like that? I don't know. I, I don't like Okay.
1: No, I, I, understand, I understand that. Uh, but you still need both of them to respond. And right now I feel – after look, how about this? After the game that Trevino had yesterday, I think he's earned himself uh, maybe two starts a week now. Maybe before you were just looking at, at splitting at, – at just resting Higgy like once a week. But now I think he's earned himself two times for that rotation. Not to mention his pitch framing – I know that's why they got him – is something to behold.
0: Yes, sir. Like,
1: <laughs> it is something. Like, Sevi yesterday was – was just outside the corners. It was always a little bit low, and the homie was just snatching it. Oh snatching yes, it. oh yes. And I'm definitely, gonna bring up something somebody- definitely yeah. night and day compared to Gary, right? Like yeah, and speaking of Gary, and speaking and speaking of Gary, because that because that, that I go back to I go back to this. Obviously, I think the best catcher in the league is still Salvi. Obviously, and seeing and seeing Salvador Perez catch. You know, as... as hold on, hold on. Sorry,
0: sorry to interrupt you. You put Salvia uh, in front of uh, Yasmani Grandal?
1: Oh, yeah, man. Come on. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But Salvador Perez, yeah. I mean, even offensively, obviously. Last year, he had this monster offensive season. Uh, Grandal, you know, props. You know, Cuban. Uh, but, you know, the, but but I still think, uh, you know, Salvador Perez has, you know, multiple goal goals. And, and just see that guy uh, work... Behind the plate, like he does. We're talking, and and, and again, it was so, something that always really irked me about Gary. And again, we're seeing it different, differently now that we're that we've become so defense orient, defense oriented with with these catchers that we have. That there's some there's something in catching that it, that involves having a very very strong wrist, wrist action. You cannot move your wrist. You cannot have too flexible of a wrist of a wrist because that, that fools umpires. You actually fool the umpire in a negative way. So you can actually throw a strike on the bottom of the zone, but if you flex your wrist too much and your mitt turns over a little bit, or if, it do, if you don't catch it clean, you actually might fool the umpire to think that's a ball when it was actually a strike. That was a constant Gary thing. I don't know what to, if, if I wanna talk about laziness, if I'm not, not really fine tuning your craft, but dude, when it comes when it comes down to it with Gary, look at the education that dude had in the Yankee system throughout the years. You had Joe Girardi as your manager. You had Tony Pena on your team. Two bad ass catchers. Yes. And if you couldn't learn with those guys, you're never gonna learn.
0: No. And
1: Not that's awesome. why he's D, and that's why he's DHing in Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Because the talent with Gary is, I mean, I hate to bring up Gary, he's not on our team anymore. But you know, I can't get over the fact that we had the most probably the most raw talented catcher in the history in the last 10-20 years, and he, he couldn't hone it in himself. So now we have we've had to resort to a degree, resort to defense first catchers. But guess what? It's better. I'll take yeah, it. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'll take it. The framing is better, the way they're calling the games is better. Like they, yeah. they seem to be handling. Both of them, both Trevino and, and Higgy, and obviously, you know, we haven't seen Rortvet yet, so that's But he's, that's a, but a, wild he's a defense card. first guy, too.
1: Yeah, he's no, but that's what I'm saying. Character. But it's,
0: it's a yeah. wild card to see what we're going to see from him. We've heard he's defense yeah. first, but I've never seen him play, like, you know, with yeah, my right, own eyes. Yeah. I don't know about you. So I'm excited yeah. to see what he brings, and that's going to be a wild card because then what's going to happen – you know, are you gonna have a three catcher rotation? Are you gonna send right. down Trevino? Are you gonna send down Higgy? It's gonna be interesting, but um, right. but yeah, man. Uh, you know, it's it's gonna be interesting. And and one thing, one more thing, I wanted to say about Trevino and why I think he should get a start today, um, bro, like he stole a base yesterday. When do you ever see catcher stealing bases? I don't remember the last time I saw that. Not from a catcher. Well, he, said it, he,
1: he said it after the game. It, it was, you know, it was, it was his mom's birthday, so he wanted to do something special. So, so. <laughs> well,
0: he definitely showed out for his mom's. That's for sure, yeah. man. And, um, yeah. I hope she was proud of him. I I imagine she was. Yeah. You know, as a fellow parent, uh, both of us being fellow parents, I imagine she was. But um. Yeah. But yeah, dude. I mean, he couldn't have had a better game.
1: You know, so. No, it's funny, it's, it's funny how, we, how, I think somebody said it not too long ago, like uh, when, Klu- when, when Corey Kluber threw that no-hitter last year, um, three people in that lineup are in, is in our line, are in our lineups, with Gallo, with IKF, and with Tevinho. So, you know, it's just it, putting on the uniform and performing a certain way, obviously it changes you. Obviously Texas is not, wasn't, it was nothing special last year. So, you know, they're, they're, I think they're going to show out. You know, over time, you know, as, as the season goes on, especially as you as you start getting more comfortable with that uniform, and so far, what I saw yesterday from from IKF and from Davin, I say, especially from Davinio, I agree. I think he should be in the lineup today. Sure, yeah, why not? Uh, because you yeah, know, that's that. I just think right now he's earned more playing time. That he's gonna get two times around the rotation. You're not sacrificing an ounce defensively, obviously. So. So why not? Like the the guy's not gonna hit for you know he's not a power hitter he's gonna but you know he put the bat on the ball, he seems to be in the game, and you know he's and he and and, and he seems like a good character dude like yeah. he understands his role, understands his role and you know, and and that's that's all you can ask for and, you know they they traded for him like you know not even two weeks ago they traded for the guy yeah because you know there was a need obviously and then you and you you, you know, took care of it and the guy uh, again the guy seems seems like a rock solid number two catcher and should, yeah, should get, should should get definitely more playing time on a weekly basis.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and then you got to remember also right now, Higashioka is, is you want to talk about pressing. He's pressing at the plate too. He has not Mm -hmm. been what we saw in spring training. So when you sit a guy that went two for three yesterday with a steal who handled the the pitching well, who framed well, everything we talked about for a guy who, okay, defensively isn't going to be much of a dropout because he's as good defensively as Trevino is, but hasn't been there at the plate. He's been an automatic out at the plate so far, all seven games this season. Why do that to yourself? You know? Yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it. He's batting last in the order, but I mean, Even so, even with him batting last, don't you want that last hitter to be able to bridge you to the top of the order, especially if you have activity at the bases? Let's say IKF gets on, you know, don't you want to have the same situation as last night where you could possibly have two runners on base for Anthony Rizzo, who's batting first tonight? I mean, I just I don't know, man. I don't
1: get why you would start Higgy. All right. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing, but but we need both of them. And we need both of them to to be, to be. you know, they, they can't be automatic outs. And the only way you're not going to be an automatic out is to get some at-bats. And, again, bro, it's the Orioles. You know, we're talking about, like said, market corrections. This is, the, this is the time to correct yourself against mediocre pitching. And how about this? If, if Higgy starts at two out of these three games and he doesn't perform, he's, he's, he's working himself into a hole. And obviously he knows that, so yeah, he I I can tell he's pressing because this is his first opportunity to be the guy. You know he's been he's been in he's been in the Yankee in the Yankee organization longer than anybody on the roster, or he was even on on the, on the you know he was even in the Yankee organization before Gardner. Like it, he, he's been around for a long time. This is his first you know chance to be the to be the guy, and he's pressing. Homie's pressing. I mean, he obviously he was loose as hell in spring training, but that's spring training, that stuff don't count. So, yeah. you know, get, you know he, he, can, he needs to talk to whoever he needs to talk to. He, I think he'll get it corrected. He, we've seen flashes of it. Uh, when he, you, know, he, you know, even as a backup last year, he had 10 home runs. So, you know, he's, he'll, he'll snap out of it, but yeah, you need the at-bats. But again, we, can, we can't fall in love with certain people after just one game. I'm, I was just very impressed with what Servino did yesterday with Sevi. And who knows? Maybe, maybe you're gonna see now. Tevino might be his catcher, not because he, because he's asking for it, but you give you give me five innings of shutout baseball, and you and you and you, you you frame the pitches like you did. You're just asking to to get teamed up. You know, probably 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 long for the for the long haul, unless 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 one of them starts just exploding at the plate, which I do not anticipate any of them exploding. We just need them to be adequate. They, we, like Jack Curry said yesterday, we, we can go defense first, but we can't they can't, but they can't be offense last. They need to mm-hmm. be adequate. You know, they That's need to the be game adequate. Game. That's, That's all you're asking for. You're, you're asking them to be adequate at the plate.
0: I agree. I agree. Um, and like I said, don't be surprised when Roarvet is ready and he's uh healthy. Then you're really gonna have a situation where you either perform or you can be either sent down or optioned. You know, like I, I could right. see something like that happening, and I would hate that for Higgy. So hopefully he can get it together.
1: So and don't forget about Roarvet too. That Roarvet is a lefty bat, mm-hmm. so you you know it makes more sense to have a platoon situation over, you know, uh, over time. And the kid does have power, you know, they, 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 you know, you read the scouting report on him, you know, he's a 20 homer guy in Minnesota. So who knows if the Yankee stadium factor makes him a potentially 25 to 30 homer guy, you know, which would make him a, which would make him a star. So, you know, I'm not saying I anticipate that him becoming a star, but you might have something there. So, and, and I know they want, they, I know that's definitely something that they want to they check out because the trade, the trade for Donaldson and the trade for IKF that was the piece of the trade that nobody really talked about was Rortvet. But Rortvet was thrown into that trade so the Yankees would take Donaldson's contract. That's why he was thrown into that trade. Because even if you do a Donaldson IKF for Gio and Gary, that's a fair trade just on its own. Yeah. So Rodvet was thrown in there so the Yankees would take that contract, which they did obviously. So, you know, that's that's the reason he was there and he was thrown in. the the Twins didn't want to get rid of him. They they wanted to keep him. But, you know, that's that that's what you have to do sometimes to to uh, to you know, to to make these trades uh, work out.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and you know they wanted to get that money off the books so then they could get sure. uh Korea. And, you know, <laughs> we don't have to go into that again. Cause you know, nah. any, any listener that listens to that will, will go into a frenzy when they, you know, sure. we'll give them flashbacks and it won't be pretty bro. And we don't need to be giving people PTSD from, uh, you know, helping the twins make that happen. So on this note, Alex, I think we're going to call it, man. Um, thank you for coming on with me again, brother. Uh, yep. This was a lot of fun. Tú sabes que contigo siempre la pasamos bien. Tú sabes, tenemos esa conexión cubana. So we, we understand each other and we're both passionate about the Yanks. So así que se te aprecia, mi socio. Um, you want to <laughs> reach out to the people and, and tell them your new uh, Twitter so they can reach out to you on
1: Twitter? Yeah, let's talk baseball, man. You can reach out to me on Twitter at CrankYanks, C-R-A-N-K, Y a n k s, and let's talk baseball, man. Let's talk Yankee baseball. It's you know you, you can people can can feed off our knowledge like that, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And
0: and y'all already know you could reach me at Elijah's Dad N Y Y. You could obviously reach the show at Hadeskina Pod. Um, if you have any questions for the show or anything you want us to answer on a future episode, don't be afraid to reach out and, you know, ask us on there. Um, So for me and Alex, we will talk to y'all next week. Uh, we'll be back talking Yankee baseball, no matter what. Take care, everybody. Laters.